Stacy. How are you, my friend? Hey, how are you, Michael? 93. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hey. 93. Hey, did you know backwards that's 39? Yes. Okay, a lot of people don't know that. You can switch <laughs> up the numbers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, that's I special... love your interesting number facts. We're always riveting. <laughs> My I am I am impervious on the number facts. I'm like Superman. My number facts are bulletproof. In oh 1993, what was going on in Stallone's world? Ah, uh, we got two things. We have two. cliffhanger and mm -hmm. demolition man. I mean, talk about amazing. All right. Yes. I mean, two of his great action movies. Mm -hmm. I remember when Cliffhanger opened, it was at up at the Eric Theaters up uh, on Route 6. There was mm -hmm. a, a, a Kmart was up there. It's on this hill that overlooked downtown Scranton. Right. A great view. And mm -hmm. there was a massive banner that it stretched the entire front. It was like a a giant, giant theater. And right. the top, it said Cliffhanger and it had this mm -hmm. giant forearm I don't know if it was a picture of Sly's superimposed on the side of the building <laughs> and, and it was reaching out to hang on, of course, yes. was the tagline. Oh. And there was this giant rope. It was the size, the width of a Volkswagen coming down the side. of, the, And so it was this awesome scene. I'm like, wow, if that's not a way to sell a movie, I don't know what is. Right. But I mean, Demolition or a, a Cliffhanger was one of the all time greats. I put yeah. Cliffhanger up there in in rambo 2 territory that's right. how much i love cliffhanger what'd you think about cliffhanger oh well i just re it was i was nail biting the entire time i it I was know. just you were on your the edge the entire time that was time. yeah no it was it was really good i remember <laughs> i saw it with sarah's dad i remember us going uh together to see it and then you know we leave the theater and, and we kept saying don't let go <laughs> don't let go we sarah were don't fall don't let go. Don't let go. Don't you drop her, Gabe. Don't you drop her. I mean, just the most, uh, I mean, awful scene. I was like, oh. yeah, no, it was good. It was I real good. It. John Lithgow, I thought, was very, very good. Yes. Very devious. Very, very devious. It was I love great. Him. It was great. It really was. And, of course, Demolition Man. I mm -hmm. loved Demolition Man. It was yeah. one of my favorites. I, I thought it was a great pairing. Sly, uh, uh, Wesley Snipes. Mm -hmm. You guys, if you remember, I think Jesse the Body Ventura is in that thing. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, was it Bull Hurley? Mm -hmm. I believe Bull Hurley was in that. I could be wrong. Uh, I, I know he was in Batman 2. Okay. The one with Michelle Pfeiffer, mm -hmm. but Bull Hurley from Over the Top, who was right. the blaster that he arm wrestles at the end. I'm pretty sure he was in Demolition Man too, but I'll, I'll check that. I have to go back and check it out. Anyways, cool. your thoughts on on Demolition Man? Well, you know, all the ladies were appreciating his peak of physicalness. So <laughs> that's, that's right. He was naked in the the hockey puck. Yes. And you, you remember I, you went to Planet Hollywoods at one point or another, right? Yeah, we we could put up that picture right there. He's like on All the right. ceiling. Yeah, right. <laughs> that and he'd be right up above you, a yeah. naked Sylvester Stallone. And we would always request request that table. I don't know. Right. I'm sure a shrink could unpack all of that. All of that. <laughs> but we we used it. it was so cool. So in back of us would be the rhinestone black sequence thing that he would, and above yes. us is literally John yeah. Spartan. I know. I still have great. the picture, of course. You know, for professional reasons, I keep for it in our files. <laughs> yes, yes. 
professional. Anyway. Anywho, I can't even remember what I was doing in 93. I think I was I was a cop in 93. Okay. I, no, no, no. You know what? I, I think I was I think I was in the police academy then. I'm almost positive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I think I'm, I'm almost positive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what were you doing in 93? I was um, working for a cleaning company. I didn't know. Oh. Yeah. I didn't go to college right away. I didn't know what I want. I mean, I know what I wanted, but yeah, yeah. You know, there was a little lack of support there. And um, and after two years of cleaning <laughs> everyone else's house except your own, I'm like, I got to do something. Yeah, and then that's when right. the, the whole nursing conversation came up with my parents. And I'm like, OK, well, I felt like saying to my parents, have we met? Like, I didn't even right. babysit. You know what I mean? Right. I? So going into nursing school was a huge fast forward into a very quick growing up for sure. Like, when you look when you look back on it, what would you have preferred to have done instead of nursing school? Oh, I would have been in the entertainment industry in some fashion. I, I don't need to be the star. I don't need yeah. to be center stage. I don't need any of that. You know, when Rocky says, I just need to be around it. You know, I... I would have just liked to have been in and around it somehow because I love, I mean, I loved movies, loved movies. That's where I escaped. And, you know, we are about to go into the Sly documentary. I mean, that there were many years of my life that were very lonely in my childhood and movies were just my favorite place to be. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, good to know. Yeah. <laughs> good to know. I'll send you the bill for my psychiatric. Okay. No problem. Thank you for helping me figure that out. <laughs> so, so, anywho, the Rocky Run is coming up. Are you going to be there? You yeah, already well, ran it. How it looks like I already ran, ran it. it? <laughs> How's I'm that like... possible? So, I don't know if anyone is there. So, this is, I got this in the mail. I was like, oh, I get this beforehand. I knew, I, Figured I'd get the t-shirt, but I didn't know I was getting the whole thing. So I went on the website again. And I don't know if they changed the rules, but it says, you know, we send this to you in good faith that you're going to complete the run. They don't have you snapshot your route anymore and send it in. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. So anyway, I get a participation trophy and I have my t-shirt. Oh, okay. So yeah, so that was fun. But I wanted to let people know. So not everybody can get to uh, Philadelphia, including myself. So I'm doing the virtual. I'm going to be going live on the Rocky Files Instagram at right around 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. my time because I'm central. Um, And I'm going to be doing the walk live. So any virtual walkers, runners. Saturday? Saturday the 11th. I want people to come in and request to join. I know Melissa is going to, Melissa Gilmore is going to be my first one to come on, but anyone who wants to walk with me at that time, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, please feel free to come in the live on Saturday, the 11th. So that's what we're going to do. Nice. Yeah. It'll be fun. I'm so excited. I yeah. sure you're going to do great. I think well, you're going to finish first. I think I finished first. <laughs> My 20 minute miles. I'm just walking, folks. <laughs> Else I wouldn't be talking. <laughs> you're, just, you're, you're just competing against yourself, though, right? Yes, yes. Right. You're going to f- come in first. You can't go wrong. Exactly. I do need to get my butt moving. But yeah, so that was fun. So I was laughing at myself, going, oh, here's my first medal. 
before I even do anything. <laughs> I don't know, it seems wrong somehow, but whatever. Well, it's going to be a busy weekend for, for both of us because, yeah. as you know, there will be about 25,000 Rocky fans descending on Philadelphia starting uh, tomorrow and Thursday. Mm -hmm. So uh, mm -hmm. it's going to be huge. And I've double booked on tours all every day. I'm right yes. through. Yes. Which is it's going to be a lot of fun. Saturday's a little tricky because there's certain roads that are blocked off. You can't get to the Rocky steps. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, you, you got to work around that, but, uh, I I'm always excited because when you go to the, the local bars and pubs, everybody's wearing their Rocky gear. <laughs> and so it's going to be, and people come dressed as the characters, big old dresses, Thunderlips and Pauly, right. some guy dressed as the, the Trans Am, the chicken, the, the pounded frozen beef. Yes. And it's great. And some yes. guy went as a ball last year, the black ball, Rocky bounces. <laughs> Somebody went as that. That's and a good one. That's too cute. How do you run in the costumes? Well, you just like, beat me to it because you know I always post for the pictures and yeah. Oh, it's um Tony Pentecost. He was what? What did he? Didn't uh, he wear um Hulk Hogan? Hulk Hogan you know, he, yeah, Thunder yeah. Lips. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, how is he running in that thing? It's a lot to wear, man. Yeah, that's tough. I don't. I'd be happy just to finish it. Never mind wear some heavy hot costume. Yeah, I know. God. I know. So yeah, I, I know my limits right off the bat. I know I'm not going to be running. <laughs> no. I'll get on the rowing machine. I know I won't be running. That's it. I know. I know my limits. Pass out the medals at the end. That's, yeah. that's fun. You know, that's. I think I might stop by the one place. They got some great swag, Rocky stuff. Yeah. Last year, yeah, I, I, I scored a... Uh, um, Eat lightning crap thunder uh, hoodie. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't like hoodies. I I don't wear anything with a hood. Oh. I I'm, I've never been a fan of a hoodie. I like regular sweatshirts, but they didn't mm -hmm. have the one. So the guy gave me the one that, with the hood on it, and I love it. It's got these yellow stars. It's black. It's really nice. cool. Nice. Yeah, oh it's, it's really cool. They got great swag there. So anybody's around, make sure you stop by and check out all the vendors. Uh, oh, I want a picture of that. We'll show it here. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Well. Speaking of pictures, there's a Ooh. great documentary that came out and uh, everybody got a chance to see it uh, Friday, the, yeah. this past Friday. So, uh, you know, we're going to be a little all over the place on this and we mm -hmm. could we could go two hours or we could go 20 minutes. We're probably going to go somewhere at least an hour on yeah. it, at least. Yeah. So, um, you know, just kind of bear with us if we're jumping around because there was a lot. It was all over the place in a good mm -hmm. way. And. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess here's our take on it. What did you think, Stacy, going into it? I would, of course, going into it, I was very excited. Um, mm. I was proud that I knew a lot of it, you know, already. Um, so, you know, a lot of it wasn't necessarily new information. Um, but I think, and I know the overwhelming um, surprise or reality was the relationship with his dad. Yeah. Which I think. I think we all sort of knew it wasn't like the warmest relationship in the world, right? But I didn't realize the intensity of the tension. I mean, flat out anger and yeah, hate or jealousy that his father had. That all those realities made me very sad. So, you know, I'm really glad that we're starting to talk about this because when we end, we'll see where Sly has evolved as yeah. a human too, which mm -hmm. is beautiful. Mm -hmm. So there was a book that came out. I've spoken about it several times here before. Uh, Susan Faludi is a writer. And the name of the book, I believed, is Stiffed, mm -hmm. the, um, the Emasculation of the American Male. It's very close 
to that. Uh, and maybe Stacy, I'll send you a picture of it. We sure. can throw it up right here. Mm -hmm. So in this book, this this woman, she looks at how society pigeonholes men and holds them to accountability justly and unjustly. Mm -hmm. And Sly, she interviews him. It's about 20 pages of his thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading this book two decades ago. And man, that's when I really started to learn the depth of the the chasm between Sly and his father. Right. I I, I mean, when they started talking about um, the script, Sonny, the father writes a boxing script, and Frank's like, you "Can't do that." Sly's like, "Dad, you can't do that. That's my property. I wrote yeah. it. You can't. Yeah. You can't do that." I mean, in, in what universe? does this happen it's crazy yeah it's embarrassing you know like you, you watch people and they're doing things and it's like oh you need to be embarrassed about your own self right yeah. now this that's how i felt like is someone going to take you aside and say you're embarrassing yourself you just need to stop i mean john hertzfeld maybe did but yeah yeah, yeah. John, john hertzfeld is probably one of the few people on the planet that could maybe ex access yeah uh, um, other stories that would kind of go along with what we saw in the doc. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, even in, I think the, the reality shows, the lone family reality mm -hmm. show, mm -hmm. I think there was a moment where Sly didn't go into it, but when he goes to visit his old house with the family and he's telling his kids how his father punched him in the face and knocked him, th basically threw him through the front door. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine that? Mm -hmm. uh, a, a grown man punching a teenager, a young teen, 13 year old, 14 year old teenager, punching him through the front door. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, I can't imagine having that. And it's it, it's so bizarre to see the good natured person that Sylvester Stallone is and, and the evolution through that. I mean, you know, we grew up with that. We saw a lot of his, his wins and his losses, and it was all fueled by this thing mm -hmm. with his dad. I don't even know. The father had the rivalry with his son, yeah. but Sly didn't have the rivalry with the father. Right, right. He just wanted to be accepted. Right. And when that when that gets passed, then it it, it got transferred once he, he got Rocky. It, it, of course, became the love of the fans and all of that. But, mm -hmm. you know, there, I know there were some things, that you, some uh, uh, lines or some thoughts that you were you were touched base earlier on about what he said about his dad. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, both of us actually uh, were blessed to be brought up by very loving parents, you know, yeah. and not to say we don't have our own issues with parents, but I certainly didn't grow up in a house where I was getting beaten up. Right. Punched. You know, I didn't right. grow up in a violent setting. Um, but it is sad. Like my heart goes out to people who did grow up in those environments yeah. and, 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 um, Sean McFadden is is an example of this, and he doesn't hide it. He he, he grew sure up in is. a very very similar environment as Sly, so much so they even both ended up at Devro, and th the parallel between them, the both of them is is stunning. Really, um, yeah. I just can't imagine what that feels like to watch Sly, who we love as much as we do, and to know that that hole lives in him as deep as it does. Yep, and the happiness that he's brought us. And to right. think that maybe the happiness that he might have captured or you'd want the happiness to live in him. Yeah. And it's like, does he 
does he live the measure of happiness inside that he brought right. us? And the ironically, it doesn't seem so. And that's heartbreaking to me. <laughs> like, yeah. And, <laughs> and and this is the thing that that I I, I wonder uh, about, because we, we were talking about this just a, a little while ago. You know, is he past it in the sense day to day it doesn't eat at him that mm -hmm. he is centered with his children and mm -hmm. his wife and he does live his best life but because it's a documentary because they go in with an excavator shovel the dirt and expose the bones of right. it i think it heightens it in that time mm -hmm. i and maybe i'm i'm wrong or or maybe once in a while when sly like all of us when sly is alone with his thoughts I, I know it happens to me in this very room. I think about whatever failures I had, whatever regrets I have, even though they don't bother me on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I think Sly is more that way. That's yeah. just my gut feeling. Right. But you could see deep down, man, that, that pain yeah. is still, to, to this day. Mm -hmm. To this day, that pain is still there. And uh, it's remarkable that he's become the success. Right, right. Well, I think listening to Frank and and both of them talk about their young childhood, and especially when uh, Frank something broke my heart when he said, "Oh, I could, I could set a timer to when my parents were going to fight, yeah, or get in a fight." I'm like, "Oh my God, that is so sad." I mean, they they he, they obviously had parents that had no business having children, yeah, <laughs> whatsoever. I know, you know uh, that that's clear. Um, and I've said to many people, especially those who do have very volatile relationships with their parents that sometimes you got to step back and just depersonalize it. You know what? Pregnancy right. doesn't mean anything about parenting. Just because right. someone got pregnant doesn't mean they know the first thing about how to be a good, healthy, wholesome parent. Yeah. And maybe the only thing you can thank them for is that you exist, but you go, yeah. get, you go get your parenting elsewhere from other sources, from other people. Right. And, and I think, and I know, Certainly Sly did that and Frank did that. And then yep. Frank goes into movies and how those movies were escape for them through Holy. those difficult years. And I was thinking when I was watching this, I was like, wow, it's almost like this long series of movies sort of raised them yeah. and guided them the way Rocky raised us and guided us. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they took from from these storylines to interpret life, uh, because mom and dad wouldn't do it, wasn't doing it for them. So yeah. I I really related to that because there were many many years that, like I said, I you know I spent alone, um, or I was an only child, and there was lots of turmoil, and so I kind of kept to myself, and I, I did the same, just escaped into those movies. I totally could relate to that part. You know, I think it's interesting how Sly was able to take parts of his animosity, anger, pain, <laughs> and infuse that into the Rocky series. Yeah. And so we all know, <laughs> my old man, he was never too smart. He says, I weren't born much of a brain, so you better start developing your body. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Adrian says the opposite, which I thought was just beautiful. That just showed how they were so right for each other. Mm -hmm. they, were, they were like gaps like, yeah, like says, puzzle gaps. pieces yeah right <laughs> yeah. exactly but there was something that i had known for a while and this is a good time to kind of say it I, I sent you a little video of sly talking about his dad and then i showed you uh then i edited together a scene that was deleted from the first spinoff 
of the Rocky saga. Would you play that short uh, one minute, 15 second video? He's on his deathbed. He goes, you know, I'm sly. I got that. He goes, you should learn to love and forgive people. I said, really? That just come to you now as fucking angels are about to whisper in your ear? Yeah, yeah, you should learn. He starts laughing. I said, you bastard. But now you're telling me to be kind? Like you just had an epiphany on the way out? He goes, yeah, I did. Just remember those words, you little bastard. I went, oh, thank you. I just wish I'd done a better job with the kid, you know? I didn't raise him right. My old man, I remember when he was dying and laying there, and he goes, hey, you know what? Don't uh, hold the grudge and be nice to people, you know? And I said, now you tell me? Now? The way you raised me, you know, just the opposite. So that's the way I think I passed it on, you know? But this kid, he's a nice kid, smart kid, young. See, now, again, I come at this from a Rocky fan, not a fan of necessarily the series that came. So, mm -hmm. to me, in the series, this would have been such beautiful insight into Rocky's childhood, his character. It's something fans would have loved. It would have enhanced the movie. It would have made it even better. But someone was very insecure about that, the lead character. And it's interesting how Slice... All those years later, in the first Rocky and in that first yeah. spinoff, he pulls on that. And it was such a great scene. But most people will never see that scene. Mm -hmm. And uh, so those are just some of the things I'm sure Rip said sly about that. I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's 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 horrible. I don't know. What do you think about him using uh, his life in, in those moments? I love how tightly intertwined Rocky is with Sly's life. Yeah. I love how it is the timeline. Rocky is the timeline of where Sly was and what Sly was going through. And right. he says that in the documentary. And then, you know, the apartment scene, which we're, uh, we're going to get to, yeah. is, is, is an entirely new scene now, knowing where the rage comes from. Yeah. And watching how he utilized... Rocky in Rambo is almost this cathartic method of of uh, managing the anger or getting through the anger. I remember thinking Rocky is sort of where he put all his goodness and Rambo is where he put all his rage. Right. You know? and, and it became like his therapy. Yep. And thank God he had that. Like, and this is what always fascinates me about people who have been through things, people who have been abused raped who know i mean the the horrible things that people go yeah, through trauma. And trauma some people it propels them and drives them and other people it crushes them and and they can't get past it that's where i come in like why why did one go this way and one went that way and he clearly went in a direction i think steve reeves hercules right totally that's that's the thing what because it, you know <laughs> he's it's him and his brother the same life right mm. it's the same set of parents yeah frank goes one direction sly goes another sly saw hercules it changes 
everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. I get. I I totally get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, what else could it be? DNA, maybe. I don't yeah. know. The 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 release of chemicals in the brain, maybe. I don't oh, know. Well. I think, you know, you get some guiding lights too when he talks about that professor who walked up to him and says, you know, you really need to think about this. Yeah. Like maybe he, he, thank God he said that. Maybe he right. wasn't taking it clearly. He wasn't taking it serious. Oh, I'm just, this is just a fun pastime. And the guy was like, no, you, you got something. Thank God that guy just yeah. <laughs> walked right. by and randomly said that. Yeah. What would we have or not have? And Richie, Hannibal sent a very long answer to what I posted. And he said, you know, he should not regret. He should recognize that these experiences are what made him exactly who he is today. For example, he cherishes his family now, sees the importance of love now. He even says he had to almost lose it to see that he needed those lessons first. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, there, there's some so definite, well mm. definite truth there. The only thing I think maybe he didn't mention or or maybe say is that, you know, Sly has to live with the pain he feels he caused. Right. Family. So that's the thing. And Mm -hmm. to have those regrets, I don't know if regrets are good or bad because Richie's point, which is a a valid point, is you learn from Mm -hmm. those mistakes and you, you learn from that. But. I don't know. I don't think you, I don't think you can not have regrets. I think that's just, that's part of the human condition maybe. Yeah. Well, then it's what you do next and um, how, how you keep yourself from uh, landing on another regret. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Stacy, actually, how do you atone for the screw up? How do you atone for the the mistake, whether it's lack of education, whether it's ego, whether it's arrogance or whether it's just, Hey, I get, I go this way or that way. I don't, I don't know which way to go. I'm going to go this way. Let's see what happens. And it's a disaster. You go the other way. Oh, I've, this is where I wish I should have been. So mm-hmm. you, sometimes you just don't know in life, you know? Right. <laughs> Actually, Melissa said it. She said, you know, we wouldn't have fly as he is if his parents were like Mary Poppins, you know? Yeah. That is something I think about a lot. I, 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 I think about it on my tours a lot because it comes mm-hmm. up a little bit. And what Melissa said, she's so right on that mm-hmm. because I, I can, I, I can only reference it to my own life growing up. I, my brother and I, we were showered with love. You know, mm-hmm. we, they were parents and they corrected us and disciplinarians, sure. of course, but there was always a ton of love in the house. I don't remember a time where there wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, I never had to go and fight for feel I had a fight for love or affection mm-hmm. because it was given to me. I felt in my life in the appropriate situation, it would reveal itself to me. I never had to go and get it. And mm-hmm. Sly had to go and get it. And that begin that you go. It, it's it's like just one degree off normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the journey is long enough, that boat, if it's sailing in the ocean, right. You, mm-hmm. Your journey is going to go this way, but if one degree on a thousand miles, you're way over here yeah. instead of here. Mm-hmm. And one degree can do that. And uh, I, I find that fascinating, mm-hmm. fascinating. But she's right. If, if they weren't that way, we probably wouldn't have Rocky. Right. And we wouldn't have, you know, uh, the intensity that he that he brings mm. if he didn't have the pain to draw on. Yeah. Um. Do you want me to play that uh, scene of oh, 
apartment. The apartment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Play the first one. Don't play the one from the talk show. Just the first one where he's talking inside the apartment, actually, from the movie, and he's voicing it. Just seeing the way it was written, I just come out of that bathroom and look pensively and then go after him. I said, hey, John, please, just do me a favor. Keep the cameras running, the sound going, and let's just see if I can, see if I can sum up his life in, in two minutes. First time we did this, it was great. Guy goes, oh, was that a take? Was that a take? It was an improvisation, and I can't do it again. It's an improv. The energy is not there. You know, it's, okay, what did I do before? Did I hit the door here? I said, I I gotta start from scratch, what did I do? And then I started thinking about my father, Listen to me, I want to be your manager. So I had to throw out the best take. But you can't buy what I'm going to give you. I mean, I've got pain and I've got experience. Well, i got pain and I've got experience too. And replace it with something even more volatile. My relationship with my father. I need your help about 10 years ago, right? 10 years ago, you never helped me. You didn't care. But if you wanted help, I say if you wanted help. So a couple things about that. First, focus on that scene where Sly says in the documentary, I can fix things in the movies I couldn't fix in real life. So when Rocky goes down the steps and puts his arm around Mickey and says, come back. Yeah. There is the hope that Sly didn't have from his father. Right. So this is that moment that he's trying to reclaim. Mm -hmm. And it's an odd, strange way to think about life. But when you're an actor and a writer, it's as normal as breathing a breath of air. Sure. It, it really is. And the other thing is, uh, it took me a long time, but about 10 or 12 years ago, I found what is the closest to Sly reenacting that first time he did it off the cuff and it didn't record. He was on a talk show. I forget the talk show host's name, but I have a very short clip of it and I apologize because it's up close. It, it, I, I don't know why I recorded it that way, but I did. Anyways, if you would play that, Stacey, that will give everybody an idea what the first one was versus the one we got in the movie. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Here it is. You know, you're sitting here and you're telling me you want to be a you want to be a manager? You want to help me out? Where were you when I needed you? Huh? I didn't see you knocking on no door. I didn't see you coming up here and saying, I want to be your friend. You ain't my friend. If you was a friend, you'd look at me 10 years ago when I needed you. But no, the legs are gone, my hands are gone. Who are you? Who are you? I'll tell you who you are. You think I'm a loser? I'll tell you, I am a loser. I like being a loser. I made a profession out of being a loser, and you're a loser. So why don't we just join hands, and maybe we can become a winner together. But alone, we're nothing. Together, maybe we could be something. That's all. Powerful scene. Now, mm-hmm. but but here, again, it, so that gives you an idea what, how the original thing went. But even more than that, he's on a talk show. Talk yeah. shows light and talking about movies and stuff. And he goes right into the character because the host had asked him, yeah. what was what was a, an important part of the movie? Or, you know, mm-hmm. bring us a little bit of Rocky. And Sly just launches into it. Right. Launches. That was probably 1977. Uh, so you're in a studio. You're not in the moment. You're being asked to launch into this character. And he nails it. Mm-hmm. Like, you believe he's this angry guy. And it's like, Jesus, I mean, the guy definitely. But he is. Yeah. You know, it's always right under the surface. Always. And we had said, you know, do you ever really get over these things or just 
do you just get used to that they happened and you have to right live with right it. so much of it isn't acting he's not acting there he i mean the words are you know are, right are the dialogue he wrote for the movie but that, that moment he's probably thinking of his dad right yeah it just kills me like the the apartment scene as we know it to me is perfection like it's yeah. so visceral <laughs> there's no way to capture what we missed you know, I, I can only imagine what the first take was like if right. what we have is yeah. to us amazing. Amazing. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, amazing. yeah, yeah. Um, it is a whole new scene when you know what the roots of it are. Yeah. You know, totally. Like, wow. Wow. That was another thing um, that I loved is his expression watching his himself or listening to himself. You know? Yeah, that that that's what I loved. Um, so, OK. Uh, you you want to play that one? Listening to how he he was trying to describe what Rocky was on the cassette recorder, and yeah. then but he's like, "Say it, say it." Hang on. The same thing happened all the way down the line. Rocky is not a fight story by any means. It's a simple character study of a man who a love story who should be cynical. It's a love but story. He's incapable of it. Uh, love who story. accepts life. Simply, that's his, that's his, uh, his lot in life. One thing he wants more than anything else is not to grow old alone. Lonely. That young guy there could not get to the place of love. He could not say it out loud. No. Yeah, you're right. I couldn't say it back then. <laughs> it's remarkable how as a 30-year-old man, he still in a place in his mind in a movie acting it out he still he mm -hmm. could just couldn't couldn't really come to terms with that just yet he wasn't ready to but then there are some times i i think he came to grips with it much sooner mm -hmm. um because i remember uh, some interviews where he had said oh it's a love story probably in in the uh, maybe early 80s I think he probably got to a point where he's very comfortable, you know, in his own shoes at some point yeah. where, where he was able to start saying it. So, but as an older, wiser man being around so long, sitting there at his desk, listening to these old cassette tapes of interviews, it's gotta be, it's, it, it, like, I wonder if when we're 75, 80 yeah. years old, yeah. we're going to go back on YouTube, Stacy, you know, <laughs> and, watch up, this. and watch this and I'll be dead. And you'll be like, I remember. He wouldn't I shut up about this. Why did he keep going? Michael, my you, old yeah, friend. You'll be, you'll be like Catherine Hepburn, you know? <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with him. So I think it's it's a it must be this remarkable and crazy uh, psychotic journey. Yeah. By his own, as a as a older man now looking back at every rung of the ladder he has mm -hmm. climbed, mm -hmm. I, it's, it's mm -hmm. remarkable. Hello, everyone. I'm outside talking to the birds. Where are you when I need you? Okay. Uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Netflix documentary. It was quite a surprise and a revelation because I didn't expect the reaction. And I guess if you feel relaxed enough, you start to talk, and before you know it, you, the layers peel away, and you start to reveal a lot of yourself that you weren't ever expecting to do. And sometimes those things are just covered away because people 
oh, you shed your skin and you go on and be a different personality. I don't think we ever shed our skin. I just think it gets thicker and thicker and thicker and thicker. And quite often, when the opportunity presents itself, you dig down and revisit yourself and why you're like you are. So that's pretty much what the documentary hopefully reveals. And maybe you can take a little journey for yourself and revisit yourself. Anyway, keep paint. <laughs> I say keep pinching. <laughs> I meant keep punching and pinching. Anyway, take care. Thank you. I am curious. During the filming, is that the first time that he re-listened to those things after all those years? Yeah, right. Or were the or were certain things you know you know pick and chosen, which which right. is also yeah. fine. But the sure. expression on his face, it's almost like, are you a stranger? Is your younger self a stranger to your older self? Yeah. And, you know, and you're listening to your younger self now with decades more of life and he's knocking on, it's a love story, you know, right, that's, right, right. It was very cool to watch his expression. You know, you had said something earlier to me, Stacey, about how most celebrities never give you a picture into their life. Mm -hmm. And here we are seeing, I guess what could be amounted to a, a, a process of sorts mm -hmm. of, of slight, you know, listening to the, these, these old tapes and his reactions to it. I, mm -hmm. I find it fascinating, which is why I thought the reality show was great because you get more insight into this guy that has been very, very successful, but you begin to see, I, for a lot of people, they didn't know the level of pain he had with mm -hmm. his father. And so you begin to see how this becomes the motivating this mm -hmm. is the core of what he does. It all shoots off of that, that mm -hmm. energy. Right. And um, it's Jesus to, to have a conversation with him just about that. A more in-depth conversation would be just remarkable on, on how he sees his own evolution. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I found interesting was was everything Quentin Tarantino's contribution to yeah. this whole thing. I, I just found the way he sort of analyzed his career. Yep. Um, very interesting. And it's funny because I, I got to be honest, I'm not a huge Quentin Tarantino fan, just the type of things he puts out is a little too violent and bloody and gory for me. But um, clearly a brilliant writer, director, actor, all the things. But um, I love how much he loves Rocky too. Yeah. And, yeah. and the basement scene when Sly says, and this was this was so perfect the way he said it. He, you know, do you do you not go to your destiny over a promise? Right, right. Um, and then he says, I love this woman, but she won't love what I become. Yeah. If I don't go do this. And yeah. I think when I saw that, that did he say the same in his real life? Right. I know you want me home more. I know, but you're not gonna. What I'm going to be if I don't go do what I'm called to do, Yeah, uh, you're not going to like who I am. I remember reading, I don't know, 20, 30 interviews, mm -hmm. if more. And Sly always said early on that Sasha had, mm -hmm. was always in lockstep with him along the way. When, when you heard Sly talk about in previous interviews, he would rather bury the script in the backyard and let the worms eat it than sell it. Yeah, had no money. And Sasha was like, yeah, that's 
I agree. I, mm -hmm. This is what you need to do. Then that's it. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, I, I believe she was always there in, in lockstep when it came to what he needed for mm -hmm. that early part. Right. I, you know, I, beyond that, I couldn't, I have no, no say, mm -hmm. on it, but mm -hmm. I just remember what he had said earlier about that. I think a lot of what Sly battles is a lot of what other people battle too. And, and I, that is one of the most beautiful reasons I, I think Sly is such a poster boy mm -hmm. for this type of pain, for this type of getting through things, using that Rocky philosophy. That's why I think it's so valuable. I'm telling you, Sly ought to teach a master class in life for a lot of people because there's a lot of dumb people out there that <laughs> could benefit. Well, think about, I mean, I, I once belonged to masterclass the, the, the whole website I paid yeah. for a year of it and the stuff that's on there is invaluable from your favorite directors, writers, actors. Yeah. I mean, it's priceless. I did, um, uh, Sorkin's writing, uh, yeah. masterclass. It was fabulous. So easily, easily he, could, you know, what he could teach is, is his instinct on whether or not a scene is flowing or not. Mm. And you keep the camera rolling after they say cut. Yeah. And you know where I'm going from Copland when he pushes that Great scene thing. where he finally says, you blew it. You know, that was not written. Sly didn't like, he, he felt the scene felt flat. He wanted to be annihilated yeah. in that scene. So he kept talking. And he talks about through the entire documentary about those moments of improv that whatever he's feeling in his gut, he keeps going Yeah, and, exactly and right. not to ignore those moments. My God, he, that could be an hour. Right well, there. you know, I think Sly is just the king of listening to your gut. Just go. Yes. With it. I mean, very, very mm -hmm. few times has he been grossly wrong mm -hmm. on, on his, uh, his gut, even, even the comedies that have fallen mm -hmm. flat. Yeah. When, I defy anyone to say something different. Go back and watch him. Sly is very, yeah. very good in everything he does. Mm -hmm. But these producers hire these people who maybe are not, they don't share the same type of vision, but mm -hmm. they have the final say and mm -hmm. Sly doesn't. And what's he going to do? He sees it's not working. If he did it this way, we've got a better chance of making it hit. He goes, but eh, you don't want to because your ego's involved or because of this or mm -hmm. that, whatever. So, you know, it's just kind of crazy to me. I, I don't, I, I, I don't Hollywood. Like Sly said, you know, Rocky could never be made again the way that it was done then. Mm -hmm. On a hunch, Rocky was made. Right. That it might do good. Today, it's a formulatic, uh, formulatic right. thing where, you know, you're worth this much in this country and so on. He goes, but you know, I, I, I just think if they went back to the hunch thing a little bit more, you don't, mm -hmm. you don't have to spend. It's proof you do not have to spend so much money. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I don't know. Money makes the world go around, I suppose. <laughs> One of the commentators, what I loved, he said that even Sly even knew some of these, the comedies weren't going to be a bona fide success. Yeah. But he pushed himself anyway because it was something to challenge himself. Yeah. Right. Good point. To do something different. And I'm like, talk about, we say it all the time. You have to tolerate not being good at something before you're good at something. And I'm not, I mean, there are moments of his comedy comedic timing is is quite good better yeah. than people give him credit for definitely but he still went into a territory that is oh, not yeah. his comfort zone 
And he, you know, life begins outside of your comfort zone, you know, that quote. So he did those things, even if he knew "Hmm, maybe it wouldn't be well received, but I know that I did it. I know that I tried it. Yeah. And back to the instinct point in Rambo and, you know, Rambo dying or not dying at the end. This is, this is his heart. And this is how he's paying attention to what's happening in the world. When he talks about we're losing 20,000 vets a month to suicide throughout that time. And he's like, I am not going to have this character be killed and the message be to all these men who are so broken already. Oh yeah. There's no hope for you. And then the, the most delicious part about that is when they, when they did a screening of him dying, it, it fell flat. I mean, talk about a nice, I told you so moment for Sly. Like, see, he's, he can't die. You can't kill your hero. Right. He, he has that internal instinct of, how a movie or a scene is flowing and he's been right of course along. he's been right look what happened to fist when they killed johnny <laughs> kovac at the end of fist yep i mean yeah i mean that's how it was in the in the book sure that uh that joe the script joe esterhouse wrote mm-hmm. uh but you know sly wanted to tweak it a little bit and i just wish they would have uh followed sly's lead a little more on that but you mm-hmm. know mm. Mm. Everybody's got egos involved there. And so what could you do? And you shut down the possibility of sequel. And, yeah. and you know, sequels sometimes can be, oh, well, he's the master class on how to do a sequel, right? Hello? Like, clearly he knows how to do that. But he said it. You can't, um, you can't tell a story in two hours. And right. some, you know, you're only getting a little snippet of someone's life in two hours. Well, where are they in 10 years? There, there's always something more to be written. Stacy, that's exactly it. That's why TV is so successful. The Sopranos. Yeah. Hello. The first episode could be the last, almost not the last episode, but like second to last episode. The, the same things keep happening, but mm-hmm. we love to see the same things keep happening in The Sopranos. Yeah. Dexter, Billions, any of these great shows. Cheers. My <laughs> God. How many times can the same people complain on the bar stool right. years? And right. we tuned in every week. Yep. The office hijinks with Steve yep. Carell and all of them, right? Yep. We watch it over and over because this mm-hmm. is what we love. We, friends. Now, yep. Your yep. Friends. Oh, exactly yep. right. Now, yep. what Sly says is that it gets harder and harder mm-hmm. to do a sequel. But mm-hmm. I will argue to most people that. All the Rocky sequels have been great. And mm-hmm. I know you're all saying, uh, Mike, what about Rocky Five? Listen, I don't think the story of Sly, uh, I'm sorry, of Rocky losing it, I don't think that was the problem. I don't think Sage Stallone was the problem. Sage did very well in it. And I'm not just saying that because we're Stallone fans. Stacy, you would agree, right? Sage yeah. was fine. He did a good job. He did really, really well. Yes. And I... Remember walking in in real time in 1990, I was 17, saying a little prayer for him because there's so much pressure over this young kid's head. Like, just please be good. Please be good for his own sake. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, and he nailed it. I was like, and and the way it brought them together, because, of course, you know, it's well documented that they've had their own struggles over those years. It was it was really good for them. That whole Rocky five. I believe so was so good for their relationship maybe to get things said that and they Sly, couldn't say in reality but they said it you know yeah and Sly in brought Sage into his world mm-hmm. Sly was mm-hmm. introducing him and also he gave his son an opportunity yes. something that his own father wouldn't have refused him mm. 
right? His own father, Sly's father, shut him down time and time again. So to do that, that just shows growth and evolution. Mm -hmm. Sly was not the type of same dad that his father was. Right. And he tried to be the best dad that he was. And I, I no doubt believe Sly was the best dad he mm -hmm. knew how to be. Mm -hmm. um, definitely. I mean, I had my own doubts at sequels for Rocky yeah. Balboa. As mm -hmm. much as I love Stallone and Rocky and all that, I thought, ah, Rocky Balboa, Jesus, 60 mm -hmm. years old. What are we going to mm -hmm. do here? And I learned Rocky Balboa, <laughs> never doubt Sylvester Stallone. Yep. If you have a gut feeling on something, then you said, okay, uh, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I believe mm -hmm. you will do it. Yeah. I don't know. No, it, it, I, I remember having the same sort of hesitation, yeah. but again, the same hope because you love him so much. You're like, yeah, oh, of course. I hope it's good. I don't right. want it to bomb because they're so hard. Hollywood's so hard on him. Yeah. And then it was so, and I was, of course, like, how in the hell are you going to make a movie without Adrian? And then he does. And I'm like, okay, well, never doubt Stallone. You're not right. kidding. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, the guy knows, he, he does, he knows his stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I wonder why they didn't do a two part or a three part. I would have. I, or maybe this was Sly's, maybe he only wanted to do an hour and a half. I would love to have heard Sly's take on Paradise Alley and the um, singing of the mm -hmm. opening, you know. Yes. <laughs> I like how bizarre it is to have Sly sing the opening right. credit. And it, I think it was like a conceptual thing that the character of Cosmo Carboni was singing mm -hmm. too close to Paradise. Mm -hmm. So maybe I get it, but I don't know, but I love that song. I know I sound like I'm being a little hard on it, but that song's on my iPod, and yeah. I, I I could almost sing it word for word. I mean, I love that song. I love the opening. Paradise Alley is one of my favorite openings of a Stallone movie ever. Right. Oh, you know the other thing, Stacy. Mm -hmm. Remember near the end of the doc, he's going over and he says, "Hmm, if I only had 25, 25. movies to pick, mm -hmm. boy, I would have chose a lot different. Differently, yeah." But how do you know yeah. what's coming down the road? I, you don't I, oh, know. Only hindsight can give you that answer. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's the the bugger of life. I know. You just don't know what the opportunities are going to be coming. And but at the same time, I appreciate his point a hundred percent. You know, he would never have done stop for my mom's shoot. I hope he curses Arnold every time he sees him. <laughs> I love that. Arnold was so wonderful in it too. Arnold what, was great. All of his, uh, he was so complimentary and so respectful of of everything that Sly accomplished. It was just nice to see them there because there was so much competition <laughs> before and the way they support each other now. Talk about growth for the both of them. That's, I, yeah. I love how Arnold's, whoever had the biggest knife, whoever had the most bullets, whoever the had the, tight, the biggest muscles, the lowest <laughs> body fat. Whoever had it, and then the, and here we are fighting, and now we are like friends. I don't know. I love, I love hearing Arnold talk. And by the way, I just got done reading Arnold's book. Be useful. I thought it was, it was excellent. Oh, is it good? Yeah, it was good. And I found I was doing pretty much all of what Arnold said mm -hmm. ever since my Rocky journey started. I've yeah. been basically, it's the simplest of things. So just a little plug for Arnold's book. Go oh, get it. Oh, good. That's, That's good, good to know. You know. Back to Paradise Alley and the singing mm. and the opening. He wants to dip his toe into everything to say he did. Yeah. Comedy, farce. 
you know what right. I'm saying? Uh, you know, types of genres that we don't see anymore. You know, he's checking boxes to my mind. You know what? Hey, maybe it wasn't a box office smash, but I checked my box. I did it. Great point, Stacy. And case in point, Rhinestone. Yeah. Love. I'm so, sorry. I love Rhinestone. I love, I have said over and over and over, I am a huge fan of Rhinestone. Mm -hmm. I love Rhinestone more than I love Rocky Four. Believe it or not, <laughs> wow. I do. I do. I love that. I just Rhinestone has a very, very special mm -hmm. place for me. But mm -hmm. think about how silly at the time during filming, mm -hmm. Sly's wearing this sequenced outfit with the fringe and he's dancing up on stage and Dolly Parton's there and all that. And I'm just thinking to myself, I, how did he not feel ridiculous? How did he do it? Well, because he's an actor and yeah. he wanted to stretch. He wanted to, he knows he's mm -hmm. not a singer, but yeah. he wanted to try. How how could he almost make it? How poorly would he fail? What could he learn from it? Could it be a hit? Mm -hmm. I just, I love the way the guy thinks because he's far braver than most people yeah. I know. You took the words right out of my mouth because how many, so many people would be like, oh no, I wouldn't be good. At, he, at least he dared. At least he right. was brave enough to dare. Right. I love right. that. Yeah, I love that. Um, and I love how he stuck to his guns. It's yeah. funny when he was talking about Rocky three and he wanted Mr. T and he wanted Hulk Hogan. And it is funny because on paper, you're you're looking at that going, ridiculous. OK, that, that seems ridiculous, but it's so totally worked. Why? Because he already saw the finished product. Yeah, right. I don't care how it looks on the page. I know exactly how I'm going to shoot it. Yeah. And it's going to be good. And it worked. I mean, yeah. it was so fun. It worked. I mean, you know, Rocky three is, uh, you know, Danny Watley, uh, our guest from uh, way back when, you know, there's a reason why uh, he loves Rocky three so much because it, it's, it's helped him and millions of others mm -hmm. so much over the decades. And, you know, uh, fear being afraid, mm -hmm. you know, when Adrian tells him that on the beach, well, that's okay. I'm afraid too. Yeah. Nothing wrong with being afraid. We're, right. we're all afraid. And mm -hmm. Rocky's like, Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Huh. And then right away, acknowledge that you're afraid. Yeah. And now how can we get through that together? Yep. And that is one thing that I did write down when I just love seeing Talia Shire. Like, oh my gosh, if I could ever, ever somehow, if anyone out there has a way to get in contact with her, please, please I'd let me know. Because if talk. we could ever get her on here, it would be just amazing. Give me a moment to find what she said that I typed out. Here it is. She said, maybe courage is another thing. And I was like, and then she says, maybe it's just going the distance. And that mm -hmm. is the original yeah. goal. That was right. the original point yeah. of the yep. entire Rocky series. When she said that in this documentary, I was like, oh my God, this is genius. Yeah. She just had to remind him. And if you lose, you lose. Right. You know? But at least, it, you know, it's honest, you know, yeah. and I know you can live with that. And that was their original conversation. 
just get in there Agreed. and go the distance. That I loved that scene. Well, there's a reason why she's one of the strongest female characters uh, in mm -hmm. this universe, I think, in film universe, period. You yeah. know, Rocky Five, middle of the street. I go halfway around the world, get my brains beat out of the egg, go Balboa, just another bump in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And he's so caught up trying to get the money back, trying to get them back to where they were, to mm -hmm. being having money and, you know, a nice home and all that. And Adrian says, well, wait a minute. Yeah, she goes, OK, I get it that that's nice, but you're losing your family along the way. Mm -hmm. You know, your son is lost. And so I can still watch that scene in Rocky five and get choked up. Right. If you let yourself go and be in the moment, I say that with with a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Let yourself go and be in the moment. You there's almost nothing you can't feel or mm -hmm. nothing that I, I find it remarkable remarkable yeah. that scene i i that scene plays and then when she's standing earlier on when she's standing in between you know uh the promoter who's trying to like yeah uh, uh you know reel him in and she gets right in there and stands between them that's you know that's a late adrian we wouldn't see that in the early adrian right. i love that scene but that rocky five scene when he throws his jacket down yeah that's one of those moments you're like this guy is not acting. This comes from somewhere. Totally. It's so visceral. And, and I'm like biting my lip or clenching my fist during that one because um, you're losing your son. Oh God. You she wakes him up. It? Yeah. She like wakes him up and it's, it's right that she's mad at him, but she's not mad at him because she wants to be the boss or because mm. she's arrogant or egotistical. Mm. She does it because she knows she's the only one that can get him to snap out of it. Mm -hmm. Mickey's gone. That's it. I mean, Holly's certainly not going to do it. So yeah, mm. she, she can, um, she can snap him out of it. And I just thought, ah. and then you start thinking about it right from that scene. Mm. Uh, a few short years later, she's gone. Mm. in the mythology of the of the series right she gets cancer and dies mm. just a mm. few years after that i know and it's it's ah that's a killer that's a it killer mm. well she always she always knows the heart of the matter and she yeah. also knows that she needs to walk him through it that Very, he's got to yeah, get there you know she did that on the beach she has to get him to say it yeah very much so um she knows him best i love adrian god i love adrian and you know, I thought it was a, a beautiful tribute to Sage. And and I yeah. think I think the way they came about it was gentle. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it was well done. Um, you know, clearly there's so many things in everyone's life you don't want to talk about. Mm -hmm. You don't want to put out there. And you know what? You don't have to put it out there. Mm -hmm. You don't. Mm -hmm. You said earlier about how so many stars don't even allow you a window. Right. Sly has invited us by right. the wrist mm -hmm. into the house. Right. Right. To see what's up. You're not going to go in every room. Right. <laughs> but hey, hey, open it up a lot. Right. I don't remember John Wayne ever doing this. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Well, I put out that post and I asked a bunch of questions and I got a lot of responses and, and most of it was wonderful. You know, uh, mo most of people loved it, but there were people who were disappointed by the documentary because they wanted more. Well, yes, we all we all want more. Right, right. We all want every nook and cranny. But I do think sometimes people forget that in their own documentary, you wouldn't say everything. And perhaps you don't talk about every single person that's in your life either because it's too painful or yeah. 
Perhaps it's for somebody else's privacy. Right. Perhaps it's a request to leave it alone. So I don't think Sly forgets about these people, but he has his own very dear personal reasons why he may not mention them. Right. But that doesn't mean he doesn't care or doesn't think about that person every single day. Right. And and I just, you know, these celebrities don't owe us anything. He doesn't owe That's us true. anything. And I think he has been extremely transparent. And my hope from the Netflix point of view yeah. is that this is a little, you know, dipping their toe in the water. Oh, this is what a Sly Doc gets us. This is the attention a Sly Doc gets us. Mm -hmm. And maybe they want to see that first. Yeah. And then what, if, you know, what if it becomes, and what do we get a part two or who knows, you know, I would, I said it to you earlier. How about he's in his seventies. So we get 70 up seven episodes for, right? one for every decade. That's my suggestion. So if Netflix and Sly are paying attention. Oh my God. You have an entire generation signed up for that. I um, agree. But I, I think, um, you know, I call it mama trauma and uh, dad damage. <sighs> when we talk about parents that have yeah. hurt us and he, he did a deep dive into the dad damage and so many people yeah. can relate so many yeah. people can relate to that. It's, it's heartbreaking it really is. And to come to the awareness, um, mm -hmm. you know, and he's come to this awareness far sooner than just Friday night when the documentary was released. Yeah. yeah. You know, this was years ago. He's come to this. Um, and you know, talking about one of the things i loved on the um the stallone reality show is that um we got a lot of home video thrown in little places with sly playing with the kids running through the hallways chasing the kids Love. doing stereotypical mm -hmm. dad stuff he's not to him to them to the kids he's not rocky or rambo or right. action icon he's he's zero those things mean nothing to the children right. he's daddy Mm -hmm. And daddy is here and daddy's playing with us and mommy's here and play with us. And so things are good. And yeah. so that I love seeing that he had those moments. Mm -hmm. And I think there's never enough of those moments for anybody. Mm -hmm. um, and, and this goes back to Richie's point, uh, Hannibal, who wrote that, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think I, my own nieces and nephews uh, growing up, you know, uh, when they were in their prime of growing you know, Sue and I moved to Camp Hill mm -hmm. and we only saw them three or four times a year where we were seeing them five times, you know, six, seven times a month. Right. We, we right. See them, saw them all the time. Mm -hmm. And we were there part of the school plays or baseball games or recitals or whatever. And then all that's gone. And then, you know, the many times I've looked back saying, oh, my God, I mean, I miss my nieces and nephews. Then I was very, very close to them. Uh, and so it's it's difficult. But, you know, you're trying to balance it all. And I don't. You just try to do a good job, the best job you can. I don't know. Going through this documentary, from all of uh, the Rocky fans, people that watch us, that follow us on Instagram, mm -hmm. what do you think was the tying thread for everyone? What did everyone take away from this? If there was one thing they took away. The overwhelming response was being surprised by the father relationship, for sure. Yeah, right. But the second thing was... It's also part of what made him. Yeah. It's right. part of, he can't become who he is without the driving force of that pain. Right. 
I wonder, Stacy, what would future Sly tell past Sly? Mm-hmm. You know, well, or like what would Sly today, if he could go back and tell his 30-year-old self or 27-year-old self or 20-year-old self or maybe 11-year-old self, I wonder what he would say to him. What What are the words he would use? Couldn't tell him what would happen mm-hmm. because that could change the entire process. But if he could somehow change his identity and go back and have a conversation with his younger self, you know, we always ask people what they would say in an elevator, right? To Sly. Well, mm-hmm. you know, what would Sly say to himself? Say to himself. Wow. You know? you know, the last thing I got to say on this whole doc, and I will agree with all the fans. Um, obviously, I knew just about everything. The, the one thing I didn't have a lot of information. On, I didn't know about Hertzfeld and, and I knew about, horses the mm-hmm. the film the silent film they made yeah. frank frank was hysterical when he goes sly you were thinking in 1972 that you're gonna make a film silent film or 1970 or whatever year it was yeah. yeah yeah you're gonna make a silent film and sell it to hollywood he goes what are you crazy <laughs> so but the father played they were these ghosts that rise up from the grave right. and then the, the old sheriff comes back and sly's father plays the sheriff that shoots and kills them again in real life like it was so crazy and Sly's like oh my father i love that a little too much uh, right. so i i didn't know that little detail there everything else mm-hmm. i knew mm-hmm. um but to hear sly say it to see the obvious opening of the can of pain Sly mm-hmm. opened up. Well, you see, now that all affected me very differently. I could read that book in the 20 pages in that Susan Faludi book, right? Yeah. I could read that, and it's my voice in my head. Yeah. But when you see Sly's look, when he he just buys into the words and everything, mm-hmm. it, it hits you. It hits you far deeper, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I just have to say thank you, Sly, for being you know, strong enough to kind of put yourself out there because mm-hmm. firsthand experience, when you do a documentary and people judge you, it ain't the easiest thing in the world. Right. I right. get that. Right. Um, I think for me, and I've said it earlier, nobody is spared from their struggles. Yeah. And to think even someone as iconic as Sylvester Stallone, and he talks about, you know, that hard sculptor and putting the dents in and, and it's very hard to correct those things because those are the things that create, you know, personality. Nobody is spared from those things. And I just hope for all the happiness that he brought us, that despite what his father was, I hope he's arrived yeah. at some measure of that happiness right. now, even yeah. if it was a longer journey than he wanted. Um. But that's what I want for him most. I just, I want him to feel inside as elevated and as filled up as he's filled us up over all these years. Stacey, that's perfect. Uh, I agree with you 100%. I think the one thing I say over and over and over, I'm always harping on Sue about it. Just in general, I, I always say this. Letting go, letting, letting go, go of those chains that bind us <laughs> to these emotional boulders. Yes. If you are fortunate enough to find a way to let go, mm-hmm. just let it, let the anger go. I know. Uh, I, 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 it's taken me years to let my issues with things go, but yeah. you, but you got to let them go because mm-hmm. that anger just holds you back. What are you, what are you going to do with it? 
-hmm. it just fuels a darker side for what? I know it just, it shades everything. I've had this conversation many times. You have to remember the thing you're hanging on to, whoever it's attached to, they ain't thinking about you. That's it. That's exactly right. They're not thinking about this incident. You're the one still thinking about it over right. 20 years, right. 30 years. They have forgotten this. And here you are burning your energy. Uh-uh. Let it go. I, I agree. I know. So, so listen, that's, <laughs> It's it's tough, you know, when it's you're covering a, a documentary that is uh, from an icon and a guy that's a hero. And, uh, you know, in, in in strange ways, Stallone's been a mentor to you and me mm. or Rocky's been a mentor. Both mm -hmm. of them have been mentors to us, I think, in a way and to millions of others. You know, it's it's a lot to to see this take place. And so who knows? Maybe we'll be talking about it again. Maybe, maybe yeah. you, you'll you'll have some epiphany after seeing yeah. it a couple more times mm -hmm. and you want to talk about it again. So please yeah. feel I free, will. my friend. Absolutely. I will. And I think I needed just a little bit more time to process because we went right from the documentary, right into recording. So over time, you know, there might be other little points or connections yeah. that I put together that I might just do a two minute little segue in, in some of our openers. That's all. Well, it is the Rocky files. Yeah. And it's all good. It's all good. Hey, listen, Stacey, where can people find you? I am on Instagram at had me at yo, as well as at the Rocky files. And on Facebook, we are at the Rocky files podcast. And Michael, what about you? Bingo. So uh, I wrote this little book called cue the Rocky music. You can pick it up wherever books are sold. Uh, Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble.com, Ex Libris. Uh, there's a little documentary about my life called the pretender by my main man, Jimmy Toscano. The dream is real. Go check it out. It's on Tubi television. It's on Amazon prime. It's on Peacock streaming services. <laughs> and you can buy it on Amazon as well. You can check me out at the Yo Philly Film Tour on Instagram. Come say hi. Until then. Until then. Keep punching, my friend. Keep punching. Bye.